The 90s were full of amazing innovations. The tech industry, or big tech, was always one step ahead of what kids wanted. Except for one time. In the mid-90s, all kids wanted were round, cardboard, circular cutouts. Tubular. That's right, Big Kahunas. It's Pogs. 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 This week on This Was a Thing. To this was a thing, the podcast that dives deep into the cultural happenings of yesteryear. All right, on today's episode, we're looking at pogs. Yeah, this was a thing because enterprising people saw a way to bring in the big bucks from a little game that originated in Hawaii. It worked for glass marbles. Will it work for paper milk caps too? Absolutely, I my, I have faith in this. Well, pogs or milk caps, <laughs> if you're a boomer, <laughs> uh, we're like a flash in the pan, right? Yes. Okay, I'm gonna stop doing that. Sorry. Oh, I kind of like this character. Well, you'll see him. Don't worry. You're gonna see him throughout the episode. Thank God. Of course. So they were kind of a flash in the pan in the mid '90s. They were collectible pieces of cardboard. And they ended up fading out because they got banned from schools because kids were playing for keeps. And that is essentially gambling. gambling. I did that, though. I used to do that at recess. I did it at recess as well. And I did it with marbles, too. I remember in fourth grade, my teacher only allowed us to bring a certain number of marbles. And I brought a whole bag of marbles and she took the bag from me. And I, I learned not to repeat that lesson with Pogs. She took your marbles. Yeah. Should I run back? No. Asshole. I lost my marbles in fourth grade, everybody. Maybe that explains it. Please continue. This is the quintessential podcast on Pogs. All things Pogs. This was a thing. P-O-G-S. Oh, my. Oh, my God. I just ate the microphone. I'm so sorry. (laughs) So, it's a quote. They were cheap to manufacture, easy to understand, discreet, easily spreadable, and rooted in a shared collective memory. Is this a Pog or a personal ad? So, that was said by uh, a story. Burl Burlingame, which is the best historian name I've ever heard in my entire life. Every week you come to me with a name, and I'm like, you've made up these names, that these are not people's real names. Burl Burlingame. Okay, Burl. He co-authored Kovarama, the collector's guide to antique Hawaiian milk covers. (laughs) What's it called? Kodorama? Kovarama. 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 It chronicles the game's origins, and uh, he said, in the way that they were, you know, all in a shared collective memory, it, it, they were like a meme almost. Mm. Right? And that's from Kovarama. Get the book, everybody. Did you read this book? Oh, cover to cover. Well, I read the front and back cover. <laughs> Get the 
So I used a couple of great articles for this. One was a mental floss article called The Weird History of Pogs by Kate Erbland. Another one was from First We Feast called The Surprising History of Pogs, the 90s era craze sparked by a juice company by Matthew Deckneef. And then also, I'm going to say there was this radical video from 1994 on YouTube that I found called Milk Cap Crazy. Don't worry, folks. I got the clips for you. So is the word, are, are milk caps and pogs synonymous can, or interchangeable? I can use either one. Yes, you can. And uh, I will get into how these words came about. I just have so many questions. I'm sorry. I keep jumping. Okay. So before I get into the history of the game slash fad, <laughs> let's be honest, uh, let me give you a refresher on the terms and how it's played. Okay, so pogs or milk caps usually involves two types of playing discs, milk caps and slammers. Milk caps are typically flat, circular cardboard discs, which are decorated with images on one or both sides. How big would you say it is? Oh, uh, it's about the size of a milk cap. Thank you. Continue. Okay, so traditional or traditional style milk caps are made of rougher cardboard, are printed on limited colors, and often have a staple in them, as they appeared when they used to on an actual pog bottle cap. You ask what that is, I'll get into that later. <laughs> Good. Modern commercial pogs were stiffer, thicker, and often printed with colorful, glossy imagery. The other equipment that is used is a... Slammer. Slammer. Hell yeah, brother. All right. A heavier game piece often made of metal, rubber, or more commonly, plastic. Lame, which come in various thicknesses and weights. This is, this, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. These are, you're talking about penises. I'm not stupid. Yo, slammer. <laughs> they are typically similar in diameter to milk caps. You asked earlier what they size were. They're about the same size as a milk cap. <laughs> and what size is a milk cap? All right. Usually metal slammers are not allowed in some games because they're usually heavier than other materials, giving the player with the first turn an unfair advantage and have a tendency to damage the milk caps. Let's be honest, brother. Denting was real, bro. So anyway, here is a young... Pog entrepreneur explaining. <laughs> young Pog entrepreneur. A young Pog. Here is Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah. Here's a young Pog entrepreneur explaining how you can get your hands on some Pogs in 1994 from Milk Cap Crazy. You can go to the swabbing or the store and get a starter pack for less than five bucks. A starter kit usually has 16 Milk Caps and three Slammers. When you Right. You put out an eight-year-old child wearing a tie-dye shirt. So Jonathan Taylor Thomas, bowl cut haircut, part in the middle, yeah, sitting bro. on a picnic table. I just thought I could bring the youth from the day to come in and explain. And what better way to do that than milk cap crazy? This was shot on a VHS camcorder, by the way. This is not professional whatsoever. Oh, no. This actually, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you are interested, I would say go look up milk cap crazy because it is the craziest 90s 15-minute video you could ever find. Folks, go click onto our show's info description. You can find the link. Right there. Now, I mentioned earlier that one of Pog's downfalls was that kids were playing for keeps, which can be considered... It's considered gambling, dude. Hell yeah, brother. Did you like my 90s boy? Hell yeah, brother. With that in mind, here are the rules. All right, Kyle, tell me the rules. All right, we're playing for keeps, you hear? Here are the rules. I didn't realize Edith Bunker played with Pogs. <laughs> like I said, playing for keeps, i.e. players get to keep the milk caps that they win during the games and must forfeit those that have been won by other players. The game can begin as follows. One. <laughs> 
The players each contribute an equal number of mill caps to build a stack with the pieces face down, which will be used during the game. So I put in 10, you put in 10. Correct. Okay. Two, the players take turns throwing their slammer down onto the top of the stack, causing it to spring up and the milk caps to scatter. Can we share a slammer or do we need to each bring our own? If you're poor. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry that your family lives in a van, Kyle. (laughs) Guess you can't play with us. Oh, man. Why does your milk caps have grease on them? Oh, those are pizza (laughs) X pizza boxes. Oh, well, here's a slammer, Kyle. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Jesus Christ, it's really rough for you. So each player keeps any milk caps that land face up after they have been thrown. Three, after each throw, the milk caps which have landed face down are then restacked for the next player. Four, when no milk caps remain in the stack, the player with the most pongs is the winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Except for Kyle. They'll just have some cheese. Yeah, let's be honest. His family can't even afford chicken. Poor Kyle. Sorry, Kyle. The actual gameplay behind Pogs was actually long been attributed to a classic Japanese game of Menko. Menko. Menko, which has been popular since the Edo period, which is between 1603 and 1867. So a a similar game to Pogs has been played since then. And it also centers on players attempting to flip the cards pieces of their opponents. Much like in the modern Pogs, the original Minko playing pieces were roughly the size of milk caps and featured images of Japanese cultural icons like wrestlers and warriors. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, right? So even back then, they were like honoring people from their like, you know, their history. Uh, they're honor- honorable people, exactly, yeah, as, yeah. A, as to ways of you know playing games, which I thought that was actually interesting. These pieces weren't made out of cardboard or plastic, but shaped from clay, wood, or ceramics. Mm. So in Hawaii, Japanese immigrants brought the game with them when they settled there in the early uh, 20th century. So Minko came to Hawaiian Islands, and then the game of Milkout started being played on the island of Maui as early as 1927. And what that was was kids started using uh, milk bottles caps as minko playing pieces and so milk that was bought from the store they would then keep the caps and then use those for playing pieces so instead of throwing out and then because these caps i'm assuming had nothing on them did they draw art on those caps i think they used to what they used to do is they would collect them by like the different dairies in hawaii Oh, so I'm sure, I see. I mean, I'm sure that some, there was a logo on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So okay. some, some, I'm sure some kids used to ride on it, but I'm sure there was just a little logo and not much art. But I think it was like, oh, you have this dairy one? Oh, let me give Fat, you that one. Okay, cool. The game started evolving. And after new packaging made cardboard milk caps obsolete in the 1950s, manufacturers such as Haleakala Dairy and Orchards Hawaii occasionally distributed the caps as promotional uh, items. So when they stopped using them, then they still gave them out because they knew how popular they were with the kids. It's just kind of like a... Like the toy in the cereal box almost type of thing, I feel like. Now, when they used the caps to successfully promote the 1971 introduction of their new fruit drink, Pog, it led to the surge in similar promotions and milk cap collecting. Now, Pog is short for Passion Fruit Orange Guava. And what year was this? 1971. Wow. It was responsible for inspiring a generation of kids to, you know, in the grip of the early Nintendos, you know, and all of those game systems, Atari, you know, to put their Game Boys down and pick up something and just go outside and see the original forms of entertainment before computers were around. The thing is, is that the name Pog kind of just left the company that put out the drink and then Pog just started kind of taking on the name of the game and that all started from a dairy releasing a (laughs) fruit drink called pog this is i never knew any of this so in 1991 teacher blossom galbiso kind of started 
showing her students this game that she used to play when she was a kid, and then that kind of started making it become what it was today. She favored the game because she believed it would help teach with math skills, and it provided pupils with a fun game that didn't require any dodgeball-style exercise that could potentially be dangerous physically to a student. Galbiso and her students started collecting milk bottle caps for their games, especially ones from the Haleakala Dairy on Maui. And uh, as the game spread around the island chain, the Canadian packaging company that made the caps for the Hawaiian company realized that they were so popular and they started getting inundated with requests for the caps because it started becoming so popular that, oh my God, let's just go to the source instead of buying milk we don't need the milk we need the caps yeah we need the caps we have a cap shortage oh what, what happened not a milk shortage yeah no we have pl- we have too much milk can people that are lactose intolerant play pogs it depends on what brand you got it from if it's from the haleakala dairy but it is one of those things where it's like if you have a peanut allergy you probably shouldn't eat some chocolate things so once again folks if you are lactose intolerant please do not do not play your pogs check where it came from i just don't want to i don't want anyone to get hurt okay also in 1991 haleakala expanded the more populated oahu island which led to a revival of the game and uh, with this revival the pog name began being used generically for the game so it kind of started becoming like kleenex or xerox kleenex meaning i just need a tissue correct and i'm going to go Make a Xerox copy of this. But it doesn't have to happen at Xerox. If you want the best work. Obviously. By 1993, the game had hit the mainland, first coming to rest in the West, before it took the charm across the United States, and then the world. In short, it dominated just like any good childhood fat should. Here's milk cap crazy host Jesse Hine explaining it to you in his sick 90s style. Hey, hey, check this out, man. In Hawaii, the Aloha State, the craze is spreading like wildfire. The milk cap game. The milk cap game's not new. It's been revived to help teach kids lessons and moral values and cooperative skills. A teacher at a Hawaiian school saw two students playing a game during recess. This reminded her of the milk cap game she played as a kid. On April 6, 1991, the teacher brought in four tubes of milk caps from a local dairy that manufactures dairy products and juices. Boom! Then it happened. The kids played the game and were hooked. Everyone wanted to play. How the kids even named them. They named them P-O-G-S from the acronym of Passion Fruit, Orange, and Guava, the three types of juices produced at the local dairy. News of this craze spread fast and a local TV station ran a story on it. <laughs> this sparked the first tournament at the school. Since early 1991, the milk cap game's gone from that school in Hawaii throughout the United States to as far as Japan, and it's expected to go worldwide. You have to see this video, folks. Thank this you. literally looks like something Kyle Mooney on SNL would do. It's absolutely. But it's, seriously, yeah. I mean, this, this guy. This is the kind of stuff that Kyle, movie, Kyle Mooney was inspired by growing up, I feel like. Oh, it has to be. It has to be. Can someone tweet Kyle Mooney and ask, has he ever seen a VHS tape about Pogs 1994? This man never stops moving. It's so 90s and like there's zoom ins and then the camera turns left, right. And then also the sky is super imposed with the fuzz on a VHS, static. the static on a VHS tape yeah, was. I'm going to call this guy Kyle Mooney Jr. So Kyle Mooney or Jr. Or Jesse Hine. Oh, sorry. Jesse Hine. Sorry. Jesse Hine. 
You know that Jesse's little brother had to hold the camera for him. Jesse's little brother is the kid that's on the table explaining Pogs with the tie-dye shirt. I want to be in the movie too, Jesse. <laughs> He's also the cinematographer. And you know they're just like, what does this button do? What does that button do? Yeah, the local library had a camera that I could rent, so... Calabunga, dude! Hey friends, hope you're enjoying the show. If you are, could you do us a favor? After you listen to today's episode, open up your podcast app and leave us a review, please. The more reviews we get, the more people will discover us, and the more people that discover us, the less lost we'll feel. You're good, buddy. It's okay. Uh, uh, look, nothing has ever been easier to do. Just go ahead and grab a pen real quick. It's okay. We'll wait. Don't worry. Okay. Head on over to your podcast app, click those three dots in the lower right-hand corner, click Go to Show, scroll down till you see ratings and reviews, then leave us some stars and a comment or two so our parents know that it was worth all the tuition that they spent. And if you really love us, head on over to Patreon.com and send us some money, and in return, you will get access to merch, special episodes, bonus content, Pictures of me shirtless. Okay, okay. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Search This Was a Thing and help us out. But you know what? You've already helped us out today by listening to us, and we can't tell you how much we appreciate that. So thank you. Thank you. As the pog craze grew on the islands, a forward-thinking businessman named Alan Rapinski snatched up the pog trademark from the Haleakala Dairy and founded a little something called... The World Pog Federation. Like I said earlier, Pogs are like the Kleenex, Windex, Xerox, or Chapstick of the toy world. Not all Pog pieces are genuine Pogs. So I just want our uh, listeners to be aware that you want, you know, you may be playing with some fake Pogs out there. But everyone still called them Pogs anyway. All thanks to the WPF, the World Pog Federation, baby. WPF, is that real? Let me tell you how real it was. This niche industry was once projected to be worth, guess how much? Uh, $1 million. $500 million was a projection one time for Pogs. Uh, wow. <laughs> So I'm off by a couple of numbers. Yeah. My Excel sheet is not working. The WPF started up tournaments, minted their own mascot, Pogman, obviously, and decorated their Pog products with snazzy-looking graphics. You know, often pop-culturally relevant images just to make them even more irresistible to consumer kids. Yeah. Hell yeah, brother. (laughs) As Pogs caught on across the country and the world, they became the go-to delivery service for all kinds of images. Bill Clinton even got a pog with his face on it. The president? The president of the United States. Now, some pogs had a little bit more of a message to them. There were some that liked to tout drug prevention programs and fire safety or ones that made you advertise charitable organizations. If you could shrink an image or a logo down to the size of a milk cap, and that's about the size of a pog. (laughs) Thank you so much. You could put it on a pog, which is around a milk cap diameter. Now, pogs were readily available for purchase at toy stores or comic book shops. You could go anywhere. You get the tubes. You could put them in. But they also were always given away with a solid promotional item. Plenty of fast foods got got in on this. There were McDonald's, Del Taco, Taco Bell, Burger King, uh, pretty much any other big food chain because it was easy to make and throw into the kids' meal. 
Other products that were also turned into pogs for tiny ad space, let's just say Disneyland to Knott's Berry Farm to Nintendo to Kool-Aid. Everyone had pogs and everyone could advertise on them. Hell yeah, brother. It was a genuine phenomenon and one that didn't even require gameplay for enjoyment. By 1994, 350 million pogs had already been sold nationwide. And in the state of California alone, pog sales generated $10 million a week. And mind you, this was pretty much 94, 95. Like, they were not that big for much longer than that. Dare, remember Dare? That zeroed in on the American kid's addiction to pogs. So don't get addicted to things. Here are a bunch of pogs. Brilliant. Also, when Pope John Paul II visited New Jersey in 1995, the Roman Catholic Church ordered 50,000 pogs with the Pope's face on them to hand out to the parish's kids in the area. Now, if you were wondering what the rules for this rad game were, I know I already told you a little bit, but let's bring back my little friend to just explain you how the kids play the game. So there's rules to every game. And before you take your milk cup collection to the street, you gotta know them. First, you flip the slammer to see who goes first. You each put an old cap in, on, stack them, and you try and hit them. And if you flip them over, you usually get to keep them if you're playing for keeps. If you're playing just for fun, you hit it. And if you get both of them over, you give the one that your friend put in, you give your, the one that your friend put in back to give them back to them, and you keep yours. All right, now that I've established that Pogs had a stronghold in 90s pop culture, here's a list of some of the oddest ones I could find. Thanks to milkcapmania.co.uk for the list. Baywatch, Beetle Bailey and Blondie, Cheetos movie tie-ins for Shrek and Ice Age, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Star Wars and Doritos teamed up in 1997, you could get pogs with your favorite dynasty characters if you lived in Russia. <laughs> I want to get the Alexis Carrington, please. <laughs> Tons of Power Rangers, any Power Ranger, Forrest Gump, Free Willy 2, the Goosebumps book series, which had a collection called Scaredy Caps. Oh, that's smart. Interview with a Vampire, and yes, there was a Kirsten Dunst one. Folks, if you've got a Kirsten Dunst pog... Please contact me as soon as possible. Jesus's crucifixion. Who would want that on a pug? Whoever started with their collection with the Pope John Paul II <laughs> one, probably. Let me just hit the Savior with a small metal disc. <laughs> Judge Dredd. There was Lego. Wait, I want to know if there's a Judge Dredd. Do we get a Judge Wapner? Judge Judy? <laughs> Judge Reinhold? Madonna. There's tons of Marvel from X-Men, Fantastic Four, and this is way before the MCU, so this is... They were, this is when they were still trying really hard. Pretty much every sports team from every sports league, Pokemon, Popeye, Snoop, Poggy Pog, yep, Star Trek The Next Generation, Star Wars Episode One, KFC, Taco Bell, and Pizza Hut. And if you look right there, Robert, that is a Obi-Wan Kenobi Pog from the Phantom Menace collection. Wow! Yes, I actually have that still in my collection. There's a pretty bunch movie, The Mask, and of course, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of WWF. Not World Wildlife Foundation, Worldwide Wrestling Federation before they went to WWE. Can I get that Dynasty one? Yeah, let me get my friend Igor over here. I have a question for you. Igor, him. Igor, good news. We got the one of Linda Evans pushing John Collins into the pool. <laughs> 
<laughs> and those silly Americans with their distributive wealth. If that wasn't a good enough explanation, here are some kids from 1994 telling you about some of their favorite pogs. Are there any particular milk caps or slammers that you really like? Yeah, surf caps and this one that I have, it's glow in the dark. Wow, so is that like a collector's item since it's glow in the dark or is it valuable to you? Yeah, I have a heavy metal slammer that I won in a tournament. I never use it and I just like clean it every day so it like doesn't get scratched or anything because it like means a lot. <laughs> uh, my valuable ones are the bad boy ones and they're like $100 worth. Wow, what about you? Yeah, I bought one at Universal Studios for $10. It's the Predator. Okay, so these are slammers. Or Can I just say really quickly that <laughs> puberty is a really awkward age. Oh, it's awful. But puberty in the 90s <laughs> seemed to exacerbate it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So let's get to the oddest of all of the collections I found. What was the big trial that was happening around 1994, 1995. There are O.J. Simpson pogs? Oh, there are O.J. Simpson pogs. And there are more than just one set. And it is telling of when pogs reached their peak popularity. Let me go ahead and tell you about the three O.J. ones that I was able to find. The O.J. trial, Trail of Blood. This was an 11 pog sheet featuring Nicole Brown Simpson, OJ and Nicole together, Marsha Clark, Robert Shapiro, and the White Bronco, amongst other things. This is so despicable. OJ Simpson, an American tragedy, limited edition pogs. And that's just mostly old photos of OJ, you know, from his playing sure, time. Sure, sure. Sure, there's some naked gun. I can't remember everything. And then there's. O.J. Simpson on Trial Special Collectors Series. Oh. Caricatures of people involved in the trial. So imagine if Judge Lance Ito had a Sardis drawing on a pog. This is the, the most despicable. First of all, if you're a kid and you're playing pogs, how excited are you when you're like, oh, I just got a Marsha Clark? Exactly. Milk caps were, you know, not just for kids, but for everyone. And to give this point is our young pog kid entrepreneur. My grandpa is an old guy and he likes to collect them because in the future they'll be worth a lot of money. As I said at the very beginning, Pogs, they started taking over schools at recesses and lunch and that didn't exactly fly with parents and teachers and administrators. For one thing, there were the tiny problems that playing Pogs was essentially... Gambling. Gambling. Very good. Thank you. That kind of distracted the students and that sparked... Recess scuffles, which I can only imagine. I never was involved with one, but I guarantee you there were some fucking pog. Over pogs. Over pogs. Absolutely. Schools in the United States, Canada, Sweden, Iceland, Germany, UK, and Australia all banned the pieces, which spelled the beginning of the end of the pog craze. I found some really crazy prices for pogs that you can get nowadays today today are and they still making pogs you do still see them every once in a while i think that it's like with nostalgia it's a nostalgia nine thing. yeah now 90s is becoming like cool again got it got it there's a jurassic park six pog hologram set with slammer so it has like you know the different dinosaurs from the original movie with a slammer how much do you think that six pack uh, that six pack was going for and this is one that was created back in the 90s yes back this is a vintage one uh three thousand dollars 
This one at one point was going for a million dollars. You got to be fucking kidding me. No, I don't think they got it, but I think definitely it was on the eBay. Like there's a screenshot of it. It wasn't still listed. Million dollars. So there's one Stussy Pog. You remember Stussy? Yeah. $200 for the one Pog. There was a Brass Slammer, which I guess Brass was not very popular in the 90s because that Slammer is going for $80. There's a 10-piece Marilyn Monroe Pog set that goes for $1,250, and that's still on eBay and I still I think I've gotten at least two emails from the seller telling me that they will accept the discount if I'm willing to pay a, a, I think I got to about 950 Christmas is coming for me Ray surprise a glow in the dark 100 pog Dragon Ball Z set $100 holographic Yankee Slamma $90 or you could get a pog milk cap maker for $45 And I'll get into, if I had one of those, a little bit later on. Yes. I just found this great article from the Virginian Pilot in 1995, and it describes what it was like for kids to play Pogs back then. And this is just, I mean, this article really did bring me back. J.R. Broadbent, 14, squared up against Stephen Hansen, 13, one day after school on the cement walk in front of Pidge Pepper's house. It was 40 degrees. They weren't wearing coats. They played in the grim silence for a while, neither gaining an advantage. Let's go inside, man. This thing's too addictive, Hansen urged. We're going to end up dying before we win any. It's just as easy to flip them on carpet. Carpet's cheating, though, Broadbent chastised they went inside three other groups of kids were playing there a couple years ago peppers learned about the game during a visit to hawaii she introduced neighborhood kids to it and started selling a few from her kempsville home she displays a sheet of six caps decorated in wyland's whale paintings the artist autographed it for her while he was painting the parking garage mural in downtown norfolk this set is worth a hundred dollars now in hawaii she said wow Broadburst and Hansen were stacking caps from one in, from another game. Put in that tropical storm, Hansen urged, pointing at the cap with the airplane on it. Yeah, right, Broadbent cheered. It's worth three bucks. Three bucks for a paper circle? You could stack 20 each or two each, Hansen explained. But most people don't want to stack that much because you lose money when you lose pogs, Broadbent added. Ooh. Pretty <laughs> spicy stuff. Anyway, I want to talk to you about whether or not I had the pog milk cap maker and more about pogs after this break. This was a thing, this was a thing. And now, this is a sketch. Boom! And just like that, I win your Johnny Monomic Pog. It's your last in the stack. Game over. Wait, 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 wait. Before you go home, I have one more set of Pogs, but I've been afraid to bring them out. I was told they'll be collectibles one day. Collectibles? What the heck could they even be? Well... It's the O.J. Simpson On Trial Special Collector Series. O.J. Pugs? Yeah, my cousin Kenny from Illinois gave them to me when he stayed at my house last summer. I got them because I promised I wouldn't tell my mom that he was the one who let the ferret outside. I don't know, man. I don't think I want any O.J. Pugs. O.J. Simpson On Trial Special Collector Series. Pogs. Look, I'm willing to play any besides Judge Ito and Kato Kalin. Deal? This just seems wrong to me. What's wrong is the fact that this sweet circular drawing of Robert Kardashian doesn't appear. 
appeal to you. No, I think I'm just going to go home. Johnny Monomic was a good way to end this sesh. Come on, dude. Let the juice get loose. Just one more game. I have a new F. Lee Bailey slammer I want to try. Thank you. This was a sketch. For me, Pogs will always go down in history as something that I was really into for about a year. But that year was so full of Pogs. Like, I had so many Pogs. And like I said, I had that Pog maker. And what you could do is you could get a photo and you could put it in a little round thing. And then the Pog, there would be a, a blank Pog but that was sticky. And then you could, it would just slice the photo and you would have your own Pog. And I had one of my dog, Pup. Oh. I think I had my own Pog somewhere. Did you ever have a Pog of me? Uh, I didn't know you when I had this. It's no excuse, but okay. Some companies will still release Pogs every once in a while because it's an easy movie tie-in. But I don't think they're really to be played as much as more of a gimmick. And with nostalgia all over the place, I wouldn't be surprised if there was really a resurgence of Pogs. I mean, I know it's two different types of mediums, but cassette tapes have come back for people to listen to. So I know that one of Limp Bizkit's more recent albums was released only on cassette tape. So I didn't even know Limp Bizkit was still around. Oh, yeah. And apparently they think that their audience is hipsters who would still have cassette tapes. Hey, good for them. So I, I don't think that they would ever be as big as they were, but I think that they, they definitely are primed to make a comeback in nostalgia. Do you think that the reason that they faded away was because their target audience was being told you can't play with these anymore? Abs I mean, absolutely. Power Pogs, different than kids like trading baseball cards or playing jacks or marbles. Because I feel like with baseball cards, it can just be like, oh, here, yeah, I'll trade you this one for that one. But with Pogs, I feel like it got to be like they were playing and kids get very aggressive and, it was up for chance. and it's up for chance and they don't know and i mean kids have a short fuse i'm sure there were plenty of little scuffles on the schoolyard if you will that ended up you know kyle had to get sent home kyle's not winning in this situation no kyle's the kid who puts down like four pogs and still has to give a slam or two i think there really are a great time capsule for the 90s especially like the super specific ones of the era like, I mean, I would love to have a Baywatch one, or if I ever go to the former Soviet Union, I'd love to get a Dynasty one. <laughs> I'll trade you John Forsyth for Miss John Collins. I will never make that bet. Well, Rob, are you ready to give me a game? <laughs> First, I'd like to get you into some therapy to talk about this alter ego that you created today. What are you talking about? I'm Jesse Hine Jr. Jesse, are you ready to play a game? Fuck yeah, dog. I mean... Heck yeah, dog. I'm here on the big island of Hawaii. That's right. Melikalikimaka. Not even Christmas. Hang loose, my brother. Hanging ten. Right here. Milk caps. The game. Big island. Lava rocks. The road to oh, Melikalikimaka. Let's play a game, Jesse. Hell yeah, bruh. This was a thing, and now it's a quiz. This is a this was a quiz. With Mark Schroeder. Pogs, baby. So you asked me to come up with a game for the Pogs episode. I was like, I could be clever. I could find something, you know, tangentially related. Or I could just buy some mother effing Pogs, and you two could throw down right now while I commentate Woo! to see who wins. So that's what we're doing. We're playing Pogs yeah! today. We got 20 pogs in a stack. 
Rob's got 10, Ray's got 10. They've each got slammers. They've been briefed on the rules. And we're going to see who's the POG champion of this episode. Hell, hold on. Yeah, yeah, take that shirt off. Why are you taking your shirt off? I'm going. Oh my, oh, oh, Jesus. It's aerodynamics. This is distraction. And the pants too? Okay. This is, this is, this is disgusting. <laughs> oh, he's pulling his own sock slammer on. Sock staying on. <laughs> sock staying on. He has his own slammer. I'm not going to touch him if, if, that's, if he's using that as a slammer. Okay, first slam. Oh, first slam, and we've got a ton face up, ladies and gentlemen. One, Woo! two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of the 20 pogs have landed face up and are now in the possession of Ray. We're restacking. Shit. We've got 12 pogs left. Let's see if Rob can try and. <sighs> I have to get in the zone. Rob with the Carol Channing slammer. <laughs> This is the slammer slammer. Oh. No, nobody? Okay. My WeHo friends are going to get that. One of the listeners will get it. Okay, here Inform we go. Form Rob with one leg in the air. I know this thing is never going to hit it. Okay. A clean bounce and A clean bounce. No. A dent on the stack, folks. A dent on <laughs> the stack. In all my years, I've never seen anything quite like this, folks. Folks, I literally was able to hit the stack, <laughs> but the slammer bounced into the air and nothing has moved. I have moved. been in schoolyards all around this great country, and I've never seen anything quite like that. Well, it, I lull him into a false sense of security, because <laughs> he thinks, oh, this guy must be so bad. That's like a magic trick. He's going to find a pog in his pocket. Yeah. Now, Ray, reach into the pocket of the shirt you took off. What's in that pocket? <laughs> Wait, a, an actual skull? An actual skull. My skull pug, that's crazy. Thank you, I am Rob, the world's greatest podcast magician. I wish you could all see it, folks. He's a pogcaster. Pogcast, yeah. Well, Ray's a deadly man with a slammer here, so we're going to see what he can do with round two. Twelve pogs remain. Dear Lord, please help me win. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting technique. We got a face up on the ground here. I didn't flip any other ones. Okay. Oh, just a single. Just He's a taking singy. a piece at a time. Now, have you learned anything from watching how he slammed, Rob? Yes, I did. Okay. I send mine perpendicular to the pogs. And he's hitting it parallel. Yeah, you were trying to insert a coin into a, a arcade machine. Slot there. He, yeah. Wow. This time I hit the stack, he super hit, he, he but they all stayed slam, face no down. No flips, no flips. Slow rounds here, but I like, this is going to oh be God, like, so uh, did you take my slammer, right? He touched, he touched my slammer. Get off my side of the goddamn table. We are not going to do this right now, okay? The whole world's watching. That counts. It counts. It counts. A dud slam table it only. Counts. Ray forfeits around. Oh. It, it, it started with a strong burst, and now it's been sort of deadlocked. Whoa, oh, a super Holy explosion, Okay, this time, turn him over, Ray. <laughs> I got one pog. No, I got one. It was only one. Oh, he's got, okay, only one on that round. That's exciting. You got one, though. I did. I'm very excited. I think it looks like there's nine remaining. It looks like we've got nine in the stack. Just don't take my OJ's one. <laughs> They're all famous killers. Okay, here goes Ray, folks. A little prayer. Oh, got one. A single one here. I don't remember pogs being this tete-a-tete. Uh, yin and yang, baby. Oh, Rob's got one on the ground. There was some, there, he's one, getting two, it, though. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven remaining and a slow. He's, how many do you have uh, in your collection here, Rob? Two. <laughs> oh, no. Really? Just two? Oh, buddy. I thought you were doing a little bit. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, now go. this one fell at an angle. This, this, this let's one give you that one, an angle. buddy. Does let's give you that one. You can yeah, that one. we can have that one. Ray, Ray says you can have that one. Okay, this is going to be the final round, and then we're going to see who's winning ahead of this. So, who's Rob, winning? Maybe, well, for now, we got one more round, Rob. I'm going to have to flip all of the these. The table. You're going to. I'm going to have to flip the. I'll flip the table, and they'll still land face down. <laughs> all right, here goes Ray with his last shot. Oh, oh, fuck me. Three, a three hopper. How did you do that? He literally got three flipped uh, over. Uh, a four, four. A hidden oh. four. Oh. 
Oh, Rob. Well, just for, you know, for ceremony, you can do this last slam if you'd like. Maybe you can get all of them and that would be impressive. Remember, these are the pogs you take with you into the world, too, so. Oh, oh he's just furiously <laughs> pounding the table. Oh! Yeah! Wow. The table like that was awesome. So this is the, the move I just used is called retrograde slammer. So what happens is, is I slam it, nothing moves. Right. And then maybe seven seconds later the cards the pogs just magically flip up yeah. and they're and they're revealed. How many do you have, right? Uh I have five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. I have six, but they're really pretty. And I really believe in quality over quantity. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. And Ray, thank you so much for teaching me about pogs. Of course. Are you kidding me? I'm stoked to have some now. So folks, if you know where you can get those OJ Simpson pogs, oh, please. hit Ray up. He wants them desperately. Oh my God. The holidays. Get it for him for the holidays. It's just a piece of history. That's all. It's history. All right. See you at the Slammer. Bye. Thanks for listening to This Was a Thing, and a big thanks to the folks that keep this show running. Our editor, Daniel Cut Cut Schwartzberg, our composer, Billy Better Than DC Reese, our social media director, Gabe Hashtag Crawford, our graphic designer, Natalie's Nothing's Too Graphic DeSavia, and finally, our games coordinator, Mark the Shark Schroeder. If you liked what we did today, make sure to head on over to iTunes to rate and review us. The more stars you leave us, the more love we feel. Hey, speaking of love, show us some social media love. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at This Was A Thing Pod and Facebook we are This Was A Thing Podcast. Reach out, we'd love to hear from you. And if you really liked what we did today, head on over to Patreon.com and become one of our sponsors, and you'll get access to special episodes, interviews, and merch. That's Patreon. Search This Was A Thing and support us so we can keep doing this show. 